Hey everybody, it's Kyle Rizdahl, and for this episode of the Corner Office Podcast, we are out at LAX, the Los Angeles International Airport, waiting for my guest to well, get off his plane. Ed Bastian is the CEO of Delta Airlines, one of the biggest airlines in the world. It's a job Bastian has had since 2016, which was, incidentally, the last time I talked to him for this podcast, as it happens. Today, his plane got in just a couple of minutes early. Good to see you. How are you? Sorry, sorry to cost you right off the flight. You want to put your bags down, give them to somebody. What do you want to do? That'd be great. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks for coming um, out here. No, thanks for making the time. Why, first of all, are you here? Well, we have our global sales conference. We have uh-huh. 1,300 salespeople from around the world, and we've got a two-day conference. So I'm going to speak to that, but I've also got a bunch of meetings with some local folks and some growth. We're investing here. We're building a well, lot so here. We've got some investors. Let's talk about that as we, as we walk and talk. Let's talk about, first of all, where we are. Tell me where we are. We are right here in Terminals 2 and 3, the new uh, LAX that we are building. We've got an opportunity to almost double the size of our footprint here in L.A. once we get done over the next several years. Why do you need more footprint? I mean, that's going to sound like a basic question, but... Well, first of all, our, our infrastructure, uh, as we all know, our airports in the U.S. Yeah. are need a multi-generational uh, build. Uh, improved security flows, improved technology. And on top of that, you know, Delta's growing here. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a great group of people here. Our operations have doubled over the last five years, and we need more room. So you're spending $2 billion here at LAX, right, as you wave to random people as they go by. Um, $12 billion overall, right? Uh, $12 billion in all of our, the airport right, infrastructure. Right. Right, right. Tell, tell me what the conversation was like where you said, all right, folks, we need to spend $12 billion to make our facilities nicer and the infrastructure better. Well, we're, these are long-term bets. Uh, we're out here for, you know, looking at 20, 30, 40 years of investment. So the cumulative effect of that is a big number. But when you think about that this is a franchise that, that continues to grow and needs to be invested in, in the air, we've, I think we've done a great job of modernizing the experience. We need to do the same thing on the ground. Do you think the people in this terminal today and, you know, for the next 40 years, do you think they know that Delta spent all this money? Do you think they care? Well, well, I think they care. I think they want improved security flow. I think they want improved amenities. They want to be able to use Wi-Fi that works. They want to be able to stay connected. I think it matters a lot. And we're building, we're building. If you think about it, in this in this country, you know, new airports to just change the total flow. You know, in the past, the airports were designed so that a lot of the real estate was on the front of the airport, the yeah. big headhouses, with big art architecture or restaurants. Right. When's the last time you spent time in the headhouse of an airport? Damn. You know, so we need to flip the real estate around too, so we have more room for people to circulate, be able to shop, be able to to take time before they board. And we don't, you know, really the front door almost needs to be the security queue. This is going to air on the 15th or so, but I'm going to break that fourth wall and point out that the president today, on the 30th, I guess, had a big meeting about infrastructure in the White House. The Democrats are saying he wants to spend $2 trillion on all kinds of infrastructure, not just airports. Do you think that's enough? I don't know. I I think our country needs a significant investment in infrastructure. I can just really speak about my industry. Of course. You know, we need modernized airports. We need modernized air traffic control systems. We need to continue to grow our fleets. Uh, Technology is is a big need for us as we equip ourselves for the future. So it's a big number. I don't know what the size of it is. But for us, it's it's in the multi-billions. Do you think commercial aviation, the way we're doing it today, 
uh, is sustainable, not in the climate sense, right? I mean, yes, there's emissions and jets and all that, but in the in the sheer business model sense, because you got crowds, you got infrastructure problems, you got security problems. It, can we keep doing this this way? Absolutely. No, uh, no. Come I th- on. I think I think when you think about the reason why people are traveling, is they're they're more adventurous. They want to explore the internet, uh, social media. You know, our society now has more awareness of what's going on around them than any time in our past. Uh, Technology has also brought the cost of travel down. Do you realize the cost of travel in an airplane is 40% lower today, including fees, than it was you know, 25 years ago on an inflation-adjusted basis? And every year it continues to get cheaper. So we're building bigger airplanes, we're building bigger airports, because people want to go. How crazy does it make you, though, that you're building, as you said, a 40-year industry here, a 40-year company, um, and, and Delta's fortunes are directly susceptible to global confidence, the global economy. Things are good now, but look out in a year and a half, right? Is that? Well, I think this industry is a lot more resilient and durable than people give credit for it. You know, this current quarter, which has reported an 8% top-line growth, the economy grew, what, maybe 2 3% in yeah. the first quarter? We grew 8%. There's something, there's something special and unique about air travel that connects people that wants, they want to go. They don't want to own they want it. They want experience. I'm sure you saw the comments, and I won't ask you to comment on what he said. But uh, the spirit of Oscar Munoz's comments the other day, the CEO of United, he said in an interview, in essence, once people get through security and they get the hassle of getting on the plane and sticking their bags up top, and there's no room, they're just pissed. Agree or disagree? I disagree. I, uh, that, those certainly aren't Delta customers sure. he's, he's speaking to. Uh, we find our net promoter score, which is how we track customer satisfaction, is at an all-time high at Delta, which is for the first quarter, which has finished over 50 in terms of grade. That grade 10 years ago was about a 20. Today, it's up to a 50. You know, this, is, this industry is about more than just airplanes and technology. It's about people. And we have wonderful people that provide great service. So I just flew in from Atlanta, and it was a great flight. I didn't see anyone upset. I thought everyone uh, really enjoyed the experience and arrived early. Uh, yes, you did. I asked you this last time, and I will ask you today, uh, you just being fresh off a plane, just sit in the front or the back. I sat in the front, but I spent time in the back. All right. I actually swapped sweet seats with a uh, customer so she could take care of some things with her little baby. Uh, so I spent about, I'd say about half the flight in the back and half in the front. Do you work on a flight? What do you do? I'm constantly working. Uh, on my iPad, you know, connected to, uh, to email. Uh, uh, I got text going on. I have uh, a lot of information I'm catching up for my next couple of days of speaking engagements and visits that I've got to do, and also engaging with crew. I spent a lot of time in the galleys, spent time in the cockpit, spent time talking to customers. Uh, when, they, when I'm on the plane, they, they generally find out. Yeah, I was just going to say, do they know you when you walk on? They, they know me when yeah, I walk on. Yeah. I've lost my anonymity. That's one of the <laughs> prices that you pay for this job. Well, you know, radio, right? We'll keep you anonymous. <laughs> um, I, did, I talk to a lot of CEOs. Mm-hmm. I don't quote a lot of CEOs, but one that I do trot out pretty frequently is a line you gave me in 2016 when we met in Atlanta. Right. That any company that's not growing is in slow motion liquidation. Yeah. Uh, you st- first of all, you still believe that? I still believe that. I say you have to grow. You've you got to take scale. You've got to provide new opportunities for your people and your customers. So what are the obstacles to growth for your company? Well, we're growing at a great clip. So I, I, don't, you know, I think the obstacles are the classic ones. If you're, you're worried about global, global economy or a high price of fuel or two of the, two of the big headwinds that we face. Yeah. But we're not seeing either of those. Um, you know, our, our revenues, as I said earlier, are up 8% in the quarter, uh, despite the economy growing at 2 or 3%. Talk to me about global travel for a second. Uh, I was in Europe not too long ago. You see Delta planes all over the place over there. 
Uh, Asia, though, is where a lot of the global growth is in aviation. Uh, how much do you concentrate on Asia and that side of the market? We're less concentrated on Asia than here closer to home. So the U.S. and Europe are probably 80% of yeah. our revenue base. Uh, Asia is a long ways away. It's, it's more difficult to fly to. It's more expensive. There's, there's a lot of uh, competition that's owned by government sources. So the, the government-infused support going into some of the Asian airlines make it a little more difficult for an American company to compete. But that said, uh, we're, we're present. We've got a hub in uh, Seoul yeah. with, uh, with Korea. We've got a large operation, both historically had in Tokyo. And uh, we've got a partner in China with China Eastern. We're at the hubs in both Shanghai and, uh, and Beijing. Yeah. So, you know, you think about the world population, uh, that, that's, that's the part of the world that needs to grow quicker than anyone. Uh, India is another place that we're launching direct service to by the end of this year. We today don't fly direct to India. Huh. Are, are, you, are you worried about not being there, India and, and Asia at large? Uh, we're there. Uh, we, we, it's about 10% of our revenue base is there, but it's, it's, a, it's a hard place to grow in volume. Huh. You know, the, the bigger routes that we, we follow are where U.S. customers want to go, and you just think about travel. You said you were in Europe. Uh, you, uh, I think tra uh, travel to Europe this summer is going to be very, very busy, and, and that's Delta's leading international uh, gateway. Um, you mentioned partners. Uh, so I will, I'll, I'll bring this up, and, and I'll note that you're not a Boeing 737 MAX customer, but We're you do not. fly Boeing aircraft. We do. Um, Dennis Muhlenberg, as you know, is, is uh, having a tough time now trying to figure all that out and, and uh, what to do about that. First of all, uh, has he called you? Have you guys spoken? Uh, I know Dennis well. I, I sent him a note of encouragement a few weeks ago and told him to stick in there. Any concerns about Boeing as a partner for Delta Airlines? I don't. I don't. The Boeing's a great company. It's a great American company. Uh, we fly more Boeing planes than any other manufacturer. Uh, yeah. We've always flown more Boeing, and uh, we hope to fly more Boeing going forward. Keeps you up at night. These days, cybersecurity. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it doesn't keep me awake, but I say that'd be one of the things that I spend my time uh, more focused on than I care to be. I think our, you know, the penetration and the, 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 the people that are trying to attack are, are using technology to, uh, to whether it's to just to, to be you know, place them and, and see what they can get away with, yeah. or actually to cause real harm to our business. When we spoke in 2016, you were reasonably new to this job. Yep. Um, what now, three years later, is the thing that has surprised you most about it? What has surprised me the most is how quickly our people want to continue to grow and improve. You know, we've been on top of our game, top of the industry for a number of years, and I, I had the opportunity when I took over that we were, we were close to the top. Now that we've gotten to the top, people just want to keep pushing. They want to keep growing. There's no complacency in this organization. They're looking for the next mountain to climb. So what's your role in that as the CEO? My role in that is to stay out in front of that, to, to, to be thinking about not just the next five or ten years, the next century, literally the next century. We're going to be 100 years old in uh, yeah. 2024 and uh, thinking about where we're going to be for the next century. And so whether it's all the international opportunities that we see, whether how technology is going to change. For Delta, it's really about becoming more of a, a brand, a consumer brand, rather than just an airline. And that's where we're going. About the Delta brand, um, you've got the airline brand part of this thing down, right? Um, where else do you want to take that brand? Do you want to do hospitality? Do you want to do Delta self-driving cars? I mean, I'm making that up. But, but you've got brand capital. What are you going to do with it? 
Well, you know, the first thing we want to do to is reinvest in the growth that we know that, that's growing in, in our markets. You know, L.A. is the reason you yep. asked me why we're, we're, we're expanding this airport. Well, we want to build more flying here in L.A. We're doing the same thing in Seattle and Salt Lake and New York with a lot of yeah, opportunities Yeah, but flying is finite, right? There's only so many slots. There's only so many landing slots. But that's why we're building bigger planes and bigger airports to accommodate because the congestion, you're right, it's in the air traffic control system. Yeah. It's not necessarily in the sky. So there's opportunities to grow the flying, and we're looking to do that. Second thing we want to do with the brand is we want to have more technology you know, drive us. We want to understand where customers want to go and what we can do to provide them. Could there be more hospitality working closer with our hotel partners of choice and, and other, other travel agencies, of course? But right now, we're, we're focused very much on continuing to improve the Delta experience with that brand. With... Um Delta doing so well, mm-hmm. uh, top line growth, as you said. I'm sure you've seen the stories in the paper the last couple of days about uh, corporate taxes and, and how much tax companies are paying. Delta yep. is not paying a lot. Um, is that right, do you think? Absolutely. You know, we're following the tax code. Uh, Delta, as you recall, lost a lot of money. Yeah. We lost almost $20 billion uh, you know, post 9-11 and the years of, of restructuring. We went through a bankruptcy. Uh, you know, we went through some very difficult economies uh, over the last 20 years. And so what we're doing is we're able to offset the losses of those years against the profits of today. We have probably only have about another year or so left in those losses. And then at that point, then we should start being a cash taxpayer once again. But, you know, these are losses, hard-earned losses, by, I would say, that we utilize. And our people had real pain attached to them. You know, the, I think the, the article that you're referring to spoke to corporate America and are they paying that their share. Right. Uh, I am proud that we've got the best profit sharing uh, plan in corporate America for our employees. They get 15% of the profits of the company. Uh, $1.3 billion we paid last year. So, you know, I think we're doing our share. So, look, how much trouble are you in? $1.3 billion back to employees looks great and I appreciate that. How much trouble are you in, though? in those coming years when you're not going to be able to share $1.3 billion. It's going to be $200 million or $600 million. Well, I think we're going to continue to look to grow over a billion dollars. We've had been over a billion dollars five years in a row. So there's, there's a resiliency. You know, we're, we're, we're a story that people don't pay enough attention to. And, you know, they, they throw the airlines into a basket. And they, they think that they're just a hot mess at times, right? They have some good boom-bust cycle. We're breaking that cycle. We're creating a new trend for the industry. We've had over $5 billion of profits four years running. And I see no reason why we should stop that. You are um, you're a CEO who um, in, clearly enjoys this part of the job, right? This part of, of taking questions and speaking about your I'm company. Proud, I'm proud of our people. It, and, and literally, it's your job. The, the question is... Um, can you be too good at this part of the job? I don't know. Uh, I think you're, you're thrust as the face of the company. I think you know, this is an industry that is adventurous, that people want to explore. There's, it's an it's a, a industry of optimism. Uh, you can't be a pessimist if you work in this business. It's just too hard. I mean, you've got to always be looking. You've got to be real. You've got to be pragmatic. But you've got to look for the opportunity where to go. Uh, we talked earlier about growth. Growth, yeah. I think, drives everything in an organization, that and culture. And I'd say those are probably my two biggest jobs, one's to, to, to maintain the culture and the visibility with our people. As I said, spending all my time flying from Atlanta to L.A. this morning, most of the time was with our people. And secondly, in terms of looking at where we can go to the next century to continue to grow. On the theory that if this growth keeps up, you'll be in this job nominally as long as you want, right? Um, what else do you want to do in this job? 
Well, what I'd like to do is, is to get these investments that we're doing you know, built, the, the new airports, the new infrastructure, the new planes, new markets internationally, you know, setting us up for that next decade. And then whoever my, uh, my successor will be at the right time will have the opportunity to take it from there. But you know, I think this company has earned the right to take advantage of a growth business. We're the best performing airline in a growing business. We talked about the airline industry is a growing industry. And that can go in a lot of different places. This is a, an incredibly competitive business. And last time we spoke, you were leaning into the competition part. You were like, I want to grow. I want to be number one. I want to do better than anybody else. Um, do you still feel that way? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're an industry that's geared towards growth. It's a high capital business. We've got a lot yeah, invested in yeah. this. Uh, we've got 80,000 employees. Uh, we've got a very experienced workforce. And that opportunity to grow and explore is, is fundamental to our ability to gain better leverage on our scale. So, yes, I think, I think growth is, is really at the core of what it takes to be a great company in the airline space, but also as a, as a fairly capital-intensive business as well. So in 2024, uh, when we come back to LAX and grab you off another flight, uh, the 100th year of Hopefully Delta. it'll be sooner than that. Okay. All right. Well, you know, we'll see. Schedule's got to line up. Um, what does Delta at LAX look like? And then what does Delta inside aviation look like? So uh, Delta LAX will be a completely new experience for our customers. Uh, we'll have 30 gates at LAX. In the old uh, world, we had 15. Wow. So we'll doubled over the space of the last five years you know, going forward. We'll have a unified head house. So terminals two and three will come through with, with a, a security uh, combined security system that's actually built for tomorrow rather than the security we've got cobbled that was yeah. built around yesterday's expectations. Yeah. We'll have technology that works, customers with wayfinding technology and ability to accelerate their journey. We'll have real estate. You'll have more space at the gate than you did in the past because in the past it was built for the headhouse experience. We want to build this for the... Uh, for the uh, opportunity to be at the gate and to settle down and have some stress relaxers before you get on the plane. And the other thing is that we're going to have a lot more international because we're going to be connected over securely to Tibet to... Uh, to Terminal uh, 4. Tom Terminal Bradley. 4, exactly. Right. So that will allow us to have more. Because today we don't have that connection. Yeah. So as a result, all of our international customers have to come outside, walk on the streets. Oh, wow. We have to go find them somewhere if they lose them and right. bring them back onto Delta. Um, this is a little bit sideways, but, but roll with it. You've spoken a couple of times about the head house. That is to say the section of the airport in front of the security gate. That's the front, front, where, of the where, front where door. We pull up, where we pull up to you yep. know, drop people off. Um, do you put no stock in the value of airports as uh, public places? And I'm thinking now of Dulles and the very famous terminal at Dulles or the Tom Bradley terminal here just as architecture and as public spaces. I think we can build even better looking uh, airports for tomorrow than they were built in the past. Again, they were built in the past when you didn't have a lot of people traveling through them. So we have, we have to, the functionality is really important. So we'll still have statements of art and, and, and experience that customers want to come see and marvel. I just ask you to come to, uh, you know, what we've done up at JFK. We're building the, we've built the new Terminal 4. Detroit's a marvelous uh, experience for uh, customers. We can do the same thing here. So I, I think well, they will be different. They won't be some places people go to collect their travelers. They'll be some places where people can go and experience the opportunity to fly. Ed, thanks a lot. I really right, appreciate thanks. it. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, that's my conversation with Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta. Thanks for joining us on that little trip out to LAX. I should also say, by the way, that after we recorded that interview, 
Delta did some anti-union campaigning that pretty much blew up on social media. Maybe you saw it. We called Delta. They sent us a statement about it. Here it is. The direct relationship we have with our employees is at the very core of our strong culture, and it has enabled continuous investments in Delta people. It goes on to say Delta has shared many communications, which on the whole make it clear that deciding whether or not to unionize should not be taken lightly. That's the end of the quote. We've got the full statement on our website, marketplace.org. If you like this episode, please, as always, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or even better, subscribe. That way you'll be among the first to know when our next episode drops. The next episode, by the way, is going to be a good one. Two people who are basically the CEOs of their own show. That show being The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. I'll be talking about it with the creator and executive producers, Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino. So you have a meeting with Amazon and you give them what I'm assuming is a truncated version of that discourse you just gave me about midge a- a- amy doesn't do truncation no very okay well. <laughs> all right so you gave him the sh- you gave him the spiel yeah yeah uh, i just it- i talk till till their eyelids sort of start to flutter and i feel like i've almost killed them and then and, they'll just do anything to get you out of their office they and will so, and so they bought the series exactly anything to get you out of their office we'll buy it <laughs> well what do you what well it's will a it form take? of hostage taking yes yeah. it's very it's a little vicious that is going to be in your feed next week. The Corner Office Podcast is produced by Bridget Bonder. Marketplace is produced by Nancy Fargali. Satar Nieves is the Executive Director of On Demand. Deborah Clark is the Senior Vice President and General Manager. I'm Kyle Rizdal. Talk to you again in a couple of weeks. <laughs>